Hey, hey, welcome back to the podcast. It is November, aka the best time of the year. I just love like October, November, December. November, it's my birthday, it's bonfire night. It's eventually, after my birthday, I then get excited for Christmas. This is the run up to Christmas. Um, and it is actually pissing it's down here in Brighton today to the point that like, oh my God, my drive this morning back from the gym was very treacherous. But I'm still, it's not getting me down. Even the dark nights aren't getting me down because I love this time of year. <laughs> I feel like some of you may disagree. And this is gonna really anger some people. It's Scorpio season and I, I mean, I'm a passionate Scorpio, guys. So we are going to talk today about food cravings because this actually came up in a couple of my clients' um, check-ins this last week about um, cravings for food and frustration around not feeling like you have the willpower to um, overcome these cravings. And I just find this absolute classic diagram um, on Google when I searched cravings meanings. And um, this is just, do you ever read, this kind of stuff comes up on like Facebook ads for me sometimes. I see it and I'm like, who the fuck wrote this? Like, so here we go. If you're craving chocolate, it means you need magnesium, so you should eat seeds, veggies, and fruits. If you're craving sugary foods, you should instead have uh, some broccoli or some cabbage. <laughs> if you are uh, really craving salty foods, so you know when sometimes you really crave like chips from a chip shop. No, 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 you should be drinking some goat's milk instead, apparently, according to this. So um, there you go. Next time you're like really craving some salt and vinegar crisps, get yourself to the shop get a carton of goat's milk <laughs> and um, you'll be fine, you'll be solved. You will no longer be craving at all and that will fix everything. Um, yes, we can all obviously say that is a load of shite, can't it? There may be some background to like what your body is lacking in terms of specific nutrients, but I don't think it's enough to literally drive your cravings. Um, I haven't read any actual research on that other than fucking Facebook ads. So, um, excuse my French. So let's talk practical things craving today because if you're a client of mine and you say I'm really craving sweet stuff, there is no way I'm like replying to your message saying, eh, have you considered having some cabbage? Um, so let's actually talk about this. Um, obviously cravings are completely natural and they're driven by a few different things which we're gonna kind of go over today. Um, one being hunger, right? Sometimes we have cravings because of our hunger levels. And when it comes to this side of things, one thing that I get um, quite a few of my clients to implement is using a hunger scale day to day. So before their meals, before they reach for a snack, is using um, a method called the hunger scale. And this is essentially when you will ask yourself, on a scale of one to 10, how hungry do I feel right now? And 10 out of 10 is like starving, like you're exhausted. You can't even think of doing another task until you've eaten something. One is being like so full that you feel like you could burst, like you need to go and lie down. And kind of distinguishing where you are on that scale. And the hope is that before you have a meal, um, that that's kind of nearing that, you know, maybe eight, nine, 10 mark, right? Maybe not 10, but seven, eight, nine mark, you're starting to feel pretty peckish, so you're hungry for your meal. 
The difference with this is kind of where we're establishing hunger cues versus kind of our more emotional cues is when it does come to these kind of foods that we, we tend to crave more often. And don't get me wrong, obviously sometimes you could just like, I really crave having a pizza for dinner and there's, there's literally nothing wrong with that, have a pizza for dinner, right? But like I'm talking maybe like in an evening when you're just really wanting um, chocolate and you ask yourself on the hunger scale where you're at and you know, you're maybe at like a two or a three or a four. So you're not hungry for that food. You're not, you don't have a physical drive to give yourself energy by eating that food. So that's what food, food obviously gives us comfort and satisfaction as well. But if we're only, if food's our only source of getting comfort and satisfaction in our lives, um, that's what's gonna cause us to be in the calorie, sur calorie surplus quite a lot of the time, right? If that was our only coping mechanism. And on days when we felt shit, all we did was just eat food to make us feel better. And um, you can see how that's not a very good thing. Have the only tool in your toolbox for coping with those emotions. So in you can kind of ask yourself there, like, what will having this food give me in this moment that, that I clearly need? And perhaps it is a case of, you know, you're bored and eating will give you something to do and it'll taste nice and then it'll kind of, you'll feel a little bit more occupied for a wee while and you're experiencing something. But there are other things you can do to help cure boredom. Same with stress. If you're you're aware that I'm really craving this food, it's just gonna make me, it's just gonna make me feel a little bit of a, you know, a sigh of relief, just feeling this satisfaction of the taste in my mouth, the feeling it in my tummy. Like that's just gonna give me a moment to just go, ha. Ah, and sometimes that's absolutely okay. And food is, is a coping mechanism for stress. And if you need to use it, use it. But again, it becomes a problem when it's our only coping mechanism. So what other things do you have in line for when you're stressed, you know, helps. And if you don't know the answer to that, then that's your homework after this, right? Write down a list of things that you can try. If you even have no idea what could possibly make you better, you need to try things. So trying things that you can implement in that moment when you ask yourself the hunger scale question and then you ask yourself like, okay, what, what am I looking to gain from this food in this moment? What kind of relief am I trying to, or what kind of emotion am I trying to get away from? And then you already have a bit of a backup plan of things that you would do in that situation. And ultimately, a craving, and I kind of want to distinguish this, a craving for like a bit of chocolate and you go and you eat a bit of chocolate, there's nothing wrong with that. That's not a negative thing. Sometimes I just fancy dessert or I fancy some chocolate and I go and have it. And trust me on this, this is like a new thing for me <laughs> since I've been really, really honing in on these side of things. It used to be like, no, I fancy a whole bar of chocolate, right? And some days I feel like that but I'm more mindful enough and I'm in tune enough with myself now that I know that a whole bar of chocolate doesn't make me feel good. So if I'm craving that, then that's not that's not what I'm looking for. There is something else there because I know at the end of that chocolate bar, I'm going to feel like I'm going to have a fucking sugar rush. I'm going to feel really sluggish the rest of the afternoon. So I know myself that that food's not going to bring me positivity if I eat it in that quantity. And that's that kind of awareness that, Trust me, I've been working on this for a good few months now and it's only just starting to click in. So it's just something that takes practice, right? So having some of that food that you fancy, that you crave and having just a regular size portion, 
there's no issue with that. That's completely fine. Cravings are normal and we all have some foods that we really enjoy and we really like and we want to include in our diet. And if we're having them at a quote unquote normal size portion, then there's literally no issue with that, right? The issue with the cravings is this kind of overeating that tends to be in a way to combat or mask something else, right? For women as well, and this is another thing I had from one of my clients in my check-ins, is this kind of heightened cravings around our cycle. And to give some context for that as well, our drive to eat will be a bit higher, especially in that kind of PMS stage, um, because our body is generally having to burn more calories in order to have the function of, you know, producing and releasing that egg, right? And, but don't kind of get carried away with this. It's, the research shows it's somewhere between like 50 calories per day up to maybe like 200 calories per day for some women. So if you're no, you know, your normal maintenance was 2000 calories, on those few days up to your first day of your cycle, it could be up to 2200, which would mean if you're eating in like a deficit already, naturally you might be a bit hungrier on those days. Um, but I've mentioned this on the podcast before, right? In that on those days when I have cravings on my periods, even 200 calories of extra food is not going to cut it. So again, that kind of actual internal drive to eat often comes from these fluctuations of hormones, which impacts our energy and it impacts our mood. And that's why we're more likely to make those decisions around food or feel the need to overeat, even down to hunger, but perhaps filling and, you know, soothing some of those other things that we're feeling at that time of month as well and just having an awareness of that and an acceptance of that is just so helpful as well we hear it all the time don't we when we're like suddenly like at work just bursting out crying and you're like what is wrong with me and then your period comes a couple of days later and you're like haha <laughs> and that's why it's so useful to make sure you keep track of it. So when you have these days where you feel like, bloody, I am so hungry, or you feel like just really up and down with your mood, just having that awareness of, yep, this is normal, this happens at this time of the month, and you can be empathetic with yourself throughout that. And um, ultimately, if you wanna allow yourself to have a little bit more comfort food, that's fine. If that helps you mentally get through that phase, then that's super useful because if you're going into that phase and being like, right, I'm going to stick to these calories really hardcore and it completely throws you for a spiral and then you end up overeating the other way, then that's not helpful, right? I would rather if you really got impacted at this time of the month, as those few days before your cycle, if you were in a fat loss phase, you pulled your calories up to maintenance, so you had some extra foods and then brought it back down again, rather than feeling like you're really restricting and then just feel like you want to face plant into a bowl of Ben and Jerry's. <laughs> Not that there's anything wrong with Ben and Jerry's. Um, okay, so, so some practical takeaways here after this discussion. Make sure your meals are actually satiating. One thing I get with people who count their calories is they try and make their meals like as low calorie as possible in order to leave space for snacky foods in the evening. And then those are the foods they're more likely to overeat on. And they're also hungry because their meals haven't been satisfying enough and it's just a vicious cycle. But they're worried that if they make their meals bigger and then they still overeat on these foods in the evening, that it's gonna push them way over the calorie amount. But you need to have trust here. And honestly, that could happen in the first wee while of you doing that because you're in a habit of it, I will be completely open. But in the long term, 
<laughs> you'll get to the point where your meals are enough that those cravings aren't as vicious because actually you're, you're satisfied. Your body is like, yeah, no, we're cool. And you do your hunger scale and you're like, yeah, no, actually I don't, I don't need anything. Um, try and not leave huge long windows between eating as well. Cause again, that's when kind of cravings are going to come up. And as well, for example, if you had you know, your lunch and then you weren't having dinner till later, you might be hungry by, by the afternoon. Um, and that might be a case where you have cravings because your energy dips, but also you are generally maybe only like a four or five on a hunger scale. So it's gonna be easier for you to overeat on those quick grab and go foods. Um, just practicing the hunger scale every day is my next tip. So doing it kind of before every meal, when you do feel a craving arise or you wanna go for a snack, Saying it out loud is super useful rather than in your head. I find that really kind of separates you from it and allows you to really, you know, dig deep into it. And ultimately naming your emotions as well is a super useful one. So when you do do your hunger skill test and you kind of find out that actually you're not, you're not really hungry, you can just ask yourself, okay, well, how do I feel? And I find this really challenging and I'm sure I'm not the only one. So ask yourself, how do I feel right now? And it can be hard to articulate our emotions because very often we're just kind of told to suppress them and we just, or we just get on with things and let deal with other people's emotions and problems. But getting in tune with your emotions as well will be, as like hippy dippy as that sounds, will be one of the best things you can do for your awareness around your body and your relationship with food. One final kind of point on just quote unquote not having it in the house, you know what, I'll eat it all so... I just won't buy it, buy it and keep it in the house. Um, I can totally see the logic because it takes the, the option away. Um, but do you think that's a sustainable long-term thing? Like for example, those of you who maybe you want to have kids in your future and there's going to be like chocolate and sweets in the cupboards when you have kids. Are you just like not going to let your kids have that? Are you going to have that with them as well? I don't know. Well, you can't have it because we can't control ourselves. I know it's scary to kind of challenge yourself on that, but challenge yourself on it. Just if you've got those foods in your house, just make sure you're having them around a mealtime when you're not starving, hungry, and just get used to it and telling yourself that actually you can just have a little bit of it. You can just have one or two biscuits without the whole pack, but it takes intentional practice. And it takes being aware of these things that we spoke about, about your hunger scale and about what that food is actually serving you in that moment. So I hope that was some food for thought today and gives you some things to go away and work on and perhaps means that in the future when you succumb to a craving and you eat more than you intended, you can actually be kind to yourself on this because your body was actually just giving you an out from feeling the emotion that you wanna feel. It's it's. It's literally hardwired to do that. If you're feeling a crappy emotion, your body wants to get rid of that and it wants to make you feel better. So don't feel shit about it. It's natural, but it's up to you to be in tune with that. And the best thing you can do for your body is find out other kind of coping mechanisms and strategies that mean that you're not sabotaging it by consistently overeating. Catch you in the next one.